Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is February 1st, Thursday, 2018, and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 23, paragraph 1. Starting with these observations would be academic and reading through only one paragraph today to share your experience, strength, and hope on. Today, our readers are Mary H. for the 12 Steps and perhaps Melanie C. for the 12 Traditions. Peggy M. and Mary H. will take up the, the reading and the, and the uh, closing today for us. Thank you for that. The reference numbers, which will be your share ID numbers. Yesterday's share ID number for the 10 a.m. meeting is 10987. 10987. And then this morning, the share ID for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that would be Thursday, the 1st of February, is 10996. 10996. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary H. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning. My name is Mary H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Not, excuse me. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Mary H. Appreciate that. Sherry KB, will you please read the 12 traditions? Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name 
to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards of committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you very much, Sherry KB. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 23, paragraph 1. These observations would be academic, and we're going to read through only one paragraph today, and I'm going to ask Peggy M. to please get us started, opening it up here. Good morning, Peggy. Good morning. Can I be heard? You betcha. Okay. Um, I'm a grateful, recovered, um, compulsive overeater through the grace of this program and the grace of God. These observations would be academic and pointless if our friend never took the first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion. Therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. If you ask him why he started on that last bender, the chances are he will offer you any one of a hundred alibis. Sometimes these excuses have a certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc an alcoholic's drinking bout creates. They sound like the philosophy of the man who, having a headache, beats himself on the head with a hammer so that he can't feel the ache. If you draw this fallacious reasoning to the intention of an alcoholic, he will laugh it off or become irritated and refuse to talk. Well, thank you so much. May I share? Absolutely, please. Yes, we got three minutes. (laughs) Thank you. Can you time me, Mel? You betcha. This is my very first time sharing on this line, and I've been listening for over seven months. Um, I am so grateful for this vision meeting. I have learned so much. I never before studied the big book um, in this way with the food. This has become my basic text. I've um, found a guide to work with. I've worked the steps, and now I'm working with others. And as we look at this paragraph, um, I realize that it's in the chapter of There is a Solution. And I've already read all about my disease. Um, And and here it's telling me that this is centering in my mind, the alcoholic, and I relate because I relate with the alcoholic. I identify in with the food. The food, I have alcoholic food that I cannot eat today. So 
it tells me that I can't even take that first drink. I can't even take that first bite of my alcoholic food, thereby setting this terrible cycle in motion. And, um, and, and, and so it talks about hitting the, themselves in the head with a hammer to dull this uh, ache. And this is really insanity trying to do the same thing over and over and getting different results. Um, and, and talk about the fallacious reasoning, you know, and the fallacious the definition is based on a, um, a misbelief, a mis, misguided belief. Um, so I can relate totally with this. And I realize the problem is in my mind and I've heard so much good about sharing on this um, paragraph this morning, I've listened and I've um, gained so much and I agree, I identify in. But we have a solution today. There is a solution. And I am so grateful that I have this program. I have the steps. I have, this is a WE program. I have all of you here. I have this meeting that I can listen and others meeting besides this one, the ones previous, there was two meetings previous. I can reach out and call others. I can read this text, textbook with another suffering um, person that maybe hasn't recovered yet, hasn't saw their illness. And I, that's what I have to do today. I, I, am, I have a daily reprieve and that is what I have to do on a daily basis is work this program. And it is a spiritual program. I have a twofold disease of the body and the mind, and I have to work it through the spiritual steps of this program. And I work 10, 11, and 12 every day. And um, this is, we're talking about the first step. We are powerless. I need a power that's greater than myself. And um, I, my higher power is God, and He has to, He works with me through me and in me. I have nothing. You know, I have this disease of this compulsive overeater. Thank you, Mel. Thanks for letting me share today. Thank you very much, Peggy, and welcome. Now it's time to open up the lines for those uh, in the meeting here to share on that paragraph. Page 23, paragraph 1. Who would like to comment their experience, strength, and hope there? Marcy M. Hi, Marcy. Karen C. W. Karen C. Somebody W. Amelia W. Amelia. Kathleen Thank you. O. Kathleen O. Yeah. Reggie O. Reggie O. Somebody was just just before you, Reggie. Who was that? Gabby R. Gabby R. Okay, I think we got you. Marcy M. Karen W. Amelia Great W. Kathleen. Sherry KB. I'll add you right there. Hang on. Let's go through the list one more time. Marcy M, Karen, Karen W, Amelia W, Kathleen O, Gabby R, Reggie O, and Sherry KB. Hi, Marcy. You're up. Hi. Good morning. This is Marcy M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater currently in Ensenada, Mexico. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm grateful to be recovered today by the grace of my higher power. And I like to say that I found my higher power and I remain connected to my higher power through my ongoing practice of the 12 steps as they're outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I found those 12 steps in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm really grateful today to be recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. And um, I'm a real alcoholic, a real compulsive overeater, and my problem centers in my mind. My brain is broken. It can't provide me with the kind of defense that it does when I'm I'm faced with a, a hot stove. You know, my brain works perfectly well when it comes to hot stoves. I don't continue to try them out and and to say, gee, maybe this time it won't burn me. You know, maybe this time it'll be different. 
maybe it won't hurt so badly this time. But when it came to overeating, my brain didn't work that way. It didn't, it didn't function properly. It was broken. And I constantly tried to, to do it my way over and over and over. And it wasn't until I was really defeated and, and in terrible physical health and morbid obesity that I finally surrendered to the fact that my way wasn't working. My brain wasn't working. And that's when recovery started to happen for me. And yes, you know, I, I can understand and I can know that, that um, eating certain foods is harmful to me and overeating is certainly harmful to me. But without the spiritual solution, I can't stay away from those foods. And I can't stay away from overeating. You know, sometimes people say, well, just put the food down, even in our rooms. Some people say, just put it down. But I couldn't. I couldn't without my higher power. Couldn't put it down and keep it down, you know. I put it down long enough to, to, to come into the rooms and to get started on the steps. But without my higher power, my brain does not function to, to keep that food down. And so uh, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Marcy M. Karen W., you're next. And Amelia, if you get ready, you'll be after. I think you mean Karen C. Oh, okay. Karen C. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, hi, this is Karen C., gratefully recovered in New Jersey. And I'm grateful that I have this disease. I know that sounds insane, but because I have this, because I've worked the steps, I'm on a spiritual journey that is amazing. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Thank you very much, Karen C. Amelia W., you're next. Hey, this is Amelia W. Am I heard? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is my first time sharing, and I'm so grateful to be here. Um, I really resonate with the uh, academic uh, knowledge and how, like, if that was all that we needed, then we would just solve our own problems. We just read a quick, you know, self-help book or, you know, go for a run or something, and our problems would be solved. And um, it's very clear to me in my own life that it's, insanity and it is uh you know my thinking down to my core and uh i am also extremely grateful for um the big book and aa and like paving that way um you know so that we could you know be here and learn uh about our own uh addictions and uh compulsive overeating uh and behaviors and, um, yeah, so with that, I think I will pass, and I'm just so grateful to be here. Thank you, Amelia W. Kathleen O., you're next, and then Gabby. Good morning, Melanie. This is Kathleen O., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And that sentence, um, you know, the main problem centers in my mind. Uh, I, I love that because it, there's such hope in there. Um, you know, I thought the problem was I just couldn't stop eating, which was a problem, but, um, and I, you know, I couldn't figure out why I was torturing my body. I would lose weight. I would gain weight. I would lose weight. I would gain weight. And, you know, I had 70 pounds of weight to lose on my body, but I always say I had about 400 pounds to lose between my ears. And, you know, so they're telling me what my problem is. The problem's in my mind, my mind. And, you know, I had pain in the brain, and I needed to figure out that when I got upset, when I, you know, was irritable, restless, discontented, when I was upset about something, when I was getting anxiety over, over something, when I wouldn't think I was doing something well enough, all those things, my solution was to eat. And what this book taught me is there's a solution to that, you know, there's a solution, there's a a way to fix this pain in my brain. And so now when, you know, being recovered is about 
now when emotions come up, when things happen in life, I don't go for the food to get that comfort and to get some kind of, you know, relief. I go to this power that's greater than me that always has my back, and I go to these steps. And and this book is going to tell us exactly how to do that, and, and it is amazing because for the last 13-plus years, I have not had to go to the food when life happens. And it's a blessing, it's a gift, and you do not want to miss it. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Gabby R., you're next, and then Reggie will come behind you. Star one, Gabby. Good morning. This is Gabby R. Can I be heard? Good morning. This is Gabby from Northern California, recovered, and this is my first time sharing that um, I like that uh, the problem resides on my mind. And this morning I was reading, and it kind of makes a lot of sense that uh, when we take that first bite, we think about all the great things that happen, the kick we get out of it, uh, the excitement, uh, but we ever seldom think about the liabilities, uh, the remorse, the uh, the self pity that we have uh, for ourselves, and uh, feeling that we are unable to do anything right. And um, I like that through the study of this book, we know that there is a solution, and working this steps, we find our higher power, and that's our solution. Uh, we don't have to go to the food. We can go to our higher power uh, to give us that, this freedom, and uh, thank you, everyone, for being there, and with this, I pass. Thank you, Gabby. Reggie O, you're next, and then Sherry KB. Hey, good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service. This is Reggio, very gratefully recovered from compulsive eating in the Los Angeles area. And uh, these observations would be academic and pointless. You know, the observations that there are certain alcoholic foods and behaviors that I can't eat because once I do, they set up, you know, that allergy that, that's unique to us, and that is uh, we can't stop uh, eating uh, once we start. And, uh, you know, I this part about... Uh, the problem centers in the mind. And I remember when this was after I had been recovered before many years ago and I was, uh, and, I, and, and it was, you know, I still had lots of the recovery left, but I, I was no longer, you know, clear and clean the way that I was before. And I would have this, this, this thing that happens in the mind, you know, it's like, okay, I can have this now and it makes perfect sense and there's a good reason for it if I thought about it and I would have it. Uh, at times, I would have it, and uh, and then after you know after that and after the effects, I would think, oh my God, you know, how did that happen? How did that happen? Because I felt as if I entered from one state of consciousness into another con- into another state, and then came back, and it was just very very weird. Uh, but you know, it's sometimes the sometimes the excuses are uh, plausible. They're plausible, you know, if you're you know, as they say in here, if if you're not a real compulsive eater, they are they are plausible. I have friends who pick, you know, who have a drink or have this if they're feeling a little, you know, emotionally under the weather or that, and it's fine with them, <clears throat> you know. But I can't do that. It's not plausible for me. It very much is like I have that hammer, you know, and I it's like oh, it seems like a good idea in the moment, you know. There's not even a thought about it, but then. After the fact, it is like the hammer because that is the impact and the effects are much like the hammer. Um, so, you know, and of course, when, you know, when you shift from, you know, the state of consciousness into the dis-ease state of consciousness, it, it somebody can give you all the reasons in the world not to, but they don't make any sense because you're not, you know, when I was there, I wasn't in a rational state of mind. So uh, I, I love this paragraph. I remember reading it and thinking, oh, my God, it's true. But I didn't understand it the way that I do today, you know, the way that vision has helped me understand it. And I will just say, you know, like I've had some just some emotion, uh, emotional stuff going on this week, really tired, which can be a, has been a trigger for me and a lot of anxiety. And three days in a row, I had this idea about a beverage I could have for ease and comfort. 
So I still had the thought, but what was different was that I, I didn't have the beverage and uh, I had other options to do, you know, and then it, and then it passed. It gradually got lighter, you know, and, uh, and then it passed and, you know, the beverage no longer is on the table for me. But it's, you know, I was really grateful because I did have the thought, but not the obsession that took me to the, to the drink. So, so grateful for all of you here and, um, uh, and for, for this real, this gift we have of the steps. Thank you. Thank you, Reggie. That was Reggie O. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. And thank you so much for your service and everybody on the line. And welcome, newcomers. And so grateful to be here. Um, love this meeting. Love love the reading. Um, Therefore, the main problem the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. Um, you know, reading these words makes me so grateful because, you know, I used to think it was a moral issue. I used to think it, it, I needed all the willpower I could get that I could muster up. And what it's telling me that the main problem of my disease centers in my mind, that, you know, it, it is in my body because if I pick up certain foods, it will set off a craving and then it will set off the mental obsession, the mental twist, and the mental blank spot, and then I'm really screwed. And so what it's telling me is that I have to have relief from the mental obsession as well. I mean, it is my job to put the food down. It is. But my higher power is the one that keeps me abstinent because when I get into this book and I work the steps and I get unblocked, my higher power relieves the not only keeps me absent happily and contently but removes that mental obsession because I can't because my thinking is so distorted that I can't heal myself. It, it reminds me of Albert Einstein that said the, the consciousness that created the problem cannot be the consciousness that solves the problem. And so the main problem of my disease is in my head. And so also it talks about it in the doctor's opinion. It talks about it throughout this book. And I am the type that, you know, it, it makes a lot, when I'm in my disease, it makes logical sense to eat bags and boxes and it, it, quantities of stuff. But when I sit here and tell you as a recovered person, it makes no sense at all. But when I'm in my disease, I'm off to the races. My mental obsessions kick in. The mental blank spot, the mental twist will get together and gang up on my intellect and tell me it'll be different this time. And so I, I am so grateful to know that that I cannot relieve this mental obsession. Only a power greater than myself can. And that's where on page 59, excuse me, on page 60, sorry, hold on, 40 seconds. Okay. Um, it says that, you know, that A, um, we're alco alcoholic and cannot manage, could not manage our own lives. Be that no probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism that God and see that God could and would if He were sought. So the only answer for me is the power greater than myself, and the only way to get in to really get unblocked is to get in these steps and get relieved of that mental obsession. And I'm so grateful for this book, and so grateful for the steps, and so grateful for our view. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. The line is now open for others that want to comment on paragraph one, page 23. Who would like to comment? Marcy Marietta. D. Marcy Terry D. H. Terry H. Deborah P. Catherine D. Deborah P. And Catherine D. Ashley P. Hi, Ashley. Ashley P. There. Okay, that's a good lineup. Marietta, Marcy, Carrie, Deborah, Catherine, and Ashley. Hi, Marietta. You're first. Good morning. It's Marietta P. Uh, recovered. You know, when I look at this, I have to say, you know, this observation needs to be of myself. You know, that, that first drink, and um, oh, it's so true. You know, if I pick up that bite, you know, I will laugh it off if somebody brings it to my attention, or I will walk away irritable and not talk. I, you know, I need to see how this relates to me. And um, 
I know that a power greater than myself is what's going to sustain me. And what I need to do on a daily basis is, you know, that step 11, prayer and meditation. I need to take the time each day for that. And it's very important for me to carry the message to others because it keeps me current on what this program is about. Um, It keeps me in the now of that it is my mind in that blank spot. And, it, you know, the book told me that I don't know where that blank spot's going to come, you know, and, and me trying to, to rely on my memory of the, that past pain of overconsumption, it's not going to be there. But what I need to do, the practices of having a, and building a relationship with the God of my understanding and, um, now, one of the ways that I do that is by will be done so that I connect with the God of my understanding. And for me to pause throughout the day to call on that power because, um, you know, and not to wait for something that's gone wrong, but to do it as a means of building up that relationship so that when something does come my way that I'm not in agreement with that I can reach out to that power instead of me running the show and uh, for that I am grateful today. Thank you and with that I'll pass. Thank you Marietta. Marcy D you're next and then Terry H will come up behind you. Hi um, my name is Marcy D from Northern California and I'm uh, privileged to to have a share. Um when I think of that place where I reached out for food, it was like I was in a trance. And what I realized is when I've ever gotten restless, irritable, or discontent, you know, that feeling was so unpleasant that I would want to reach out for food. But in order to really do that, I had to go in this this far-off place where nothing else mattered, nothing else existed, but the food itself. And the wonderfulness with becoming, getting into recovery and becoming on my way to being recovered is that I get to recognize these places sooner. And I can ask my higher power in those moments before it gets too far away you know, please help me. Please help me so that I can be of usefulness to you and and to others. And it's kind of like this magic happens. That's what it feels like anyway. That it's not like the restlessness, the irritability, and the discontent go away, but the urgency around them can just be suddenly lifted. And so I'm very grateful for that. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Marcy D. Terry H., you're next, and then Deborah P. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic anorexic in North Carolina. Um, we know that while the alcoholic keeps away from drink, as he may do for, for months or years, he reacts much like other men. You know, when I was in my, my disease, I was able to get abstinent uh, multiple times. Um, just like Bill, just like Jim and Fred and the Jaywalker and even the businessman in, in the big book and in the stories um, that we'll read. Um, however, I wasn't able to keep it because of the mental obsession. And I learned I had an allergy to certain foods. When I got those allergies out of my body, I didn't crave them any longer. And I learned that the, the, the bulk of my you know, problem was the mental obsession because when things came up, I went to what I knew, the food and the food behaviors, to seek some effect, to chase some effect I would get from, from it. And, you know, once I was able to put it down and get abstinent and work the steps, you know, working the steps is addressing that mental obsession. Um, all of the steps, 1 through 12, um, because I had a thinking problem. I had a mental problem, you know, and... Um, I went to my food and my food behaviors when things came up and it just kept me right in that cycle over and over and over until I was able to address that mental obsession by working the steps and taking the actions. 
and, you know, and having that spiritual experience, shifting, shifting. It shifted for me from Terry and Terry's way and the, and the obsession. You know, and it was a miracle. God took that away from me. And now, you know, I can focus on life and enjoying life and happiness and, and work on the issues that come up in life every day using these tools and this program. And I'm just really grateful that, I, you know, I don't, I don't have that mental obsession today around my food and my food behaviors. So, you know, I say to the newcomer, if you can put down that food, those binge foods, and get abstinent, work these steps because, and take the actions that you need to take to stay abstinent, to continue to work the steps abstinent because that's where the relief will come uh, from the mental obsession through your um, spiritual experience with the higher power. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Deborah P., you're next, and then Catherine D. will come up behind you. Hi, this is Deborah P. from Northern California, Compulsive of Readers. Wow, what a meeting this morning. Um, this is just really hitting home to me today. Um, I have highlighted in my book, therefore, the main problem of the alcoholic centered is in his mind rather than in his body. And that is so true. Um, this morning, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna um, share, but um, I'm just in a, I'm brand new. I got like seven days, um, and um, I've been on these meetings, and I'm really seeing how um, it really is my mind. Um, I'm very anxious today, um, and uh, getting ready for work. <laughs> it's like I don't have the food to um numb and so i'm just feeling like exposed like every nerve is exposed and so um i get that and i don't have that option today um where i've been numbing myself for years and i don't have that option today so um definitely my mind is racing and i'm praying a lot and this meeting has really helped me uh, this morning, just in the shares. So I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you very much, and I'll pass. Thank you, Deborah P. Catherine D., you're next, and then Ashley will come up after you. Hi, this is Catherine D. from Northern California, and I really am appreciating this meeting this morning and all of you and studying this big book together. This um, main problem centers in his mind, and then the sentence that really gets me is some of the excuses for going off on a bender have a certain plausibility, but none of them really make sense in the light of the havoc um, that his drinking creates. And that is so, so true for me. You know, um, I have always known that I have some problem in my mind that I have no control over because some, I would have, the, I've never successfully dieted, but I would have periods of my life where I wasn't eating. And I knew that it had nothing to, you know, that I didn't have the power to turn that switch on and off. And I'm, I'm really grateful for this program and the steps. Yesterday, I was, um, I was in Costco and the thought entered my mind and it was made no sense. And I had this vague idea of how, what would actually happen if I did, you know, do, eat that. But that wasn't strong enough. You know, the only thing that saved me was doing a 10th step and asking where my selfish, dishonest, resentful and afraid. And all of a sudden, you know, even though I hadn't thought before that that was the problem, that asking those questions, it was very obvious where I was in each of those areas, and then and then it lifted, and I was able to get this help from this higher power, which I never, I, I never thought I could. I, it was just a miracle. Um, I mean, this program just, I, I'm just in awe of of the power that is coming from my higher power that I never had, and I'm learning how to access it. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Catherine D. Ashley P., good morning. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good morning, everybody, and thank you for your shares. Yeah, this has been... Um, an incredible meeting. I've really, really enjoyed listening to everybody share. Um, and when I think about um, the the obsession of my mind and how I um, began turning 
the food over when um, I did want to just pick up in the beginning um, how I basically began working. Um, my step one is that when that obsession came up um, and I felt like eating uh, often, it was just getting on my knees in the middle of wherever I was or, or going to the bathroom so that it wasn't in the, in, uh, the middle of a place that, that people could see me um, and asking my higher power for help, um, texting another fellow or calling another fellow and saying, um, I feel like eating or um, for me, I feel like weighing myself, um, uh, other behaviors that uh, were problematic for me. And I didn't have a lot of faith that that would help in the beginning. I didn't understand how calling a fellow or texting a fellow or or praying to my higher power um, would be helpful at all. Um, and that's okay. I, I didn't have to have faith. I just had to do something that was different than how I did it before, which was trying to um, fix the problem myself. Um, with my brain, which is unhealthy. Um, so that was how I turned it over. And, and another thing that um, has always been helpful for me as the road has gotten narrower in abstinence has been sharing in a meeting um, what I'm having trouble with. Um, so just telling on myself, like, I, I think that I'm thinking about this food or, or that food. Um, too much and my experience has been that when I tell on myself that's that's the beginning of me turning the food over to my higher power and and letting it go um, so those are some of the things that have been helpful for me in in um, letting go of the foods that are causing the physical allergy um, and yeah I think that's it so with that I pass thank you Ashley P we have time for probably two if not three more people to share let's grab up two and see what we get gina r hi gina this is sue hi sue first time of your last name oh suji sorry hi okay great thanks so much and then maybe i'll take one mary more. H. okay mary uh hang tight there we'll see what happens okay with time gina sure. r suji is mary h and it looks like we have about seven minutes Hi, Gina. Uh, good morning, Mel, and everybody else on the line. This is Gina R., gratefully recovered from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, living in Green Valley, Arizona. I can recall when I first um, came into the rooms through the, the, the Mother Fellowship, um, they had all of the, the old signage up, and... Um, a lot of them had the word think or thinking in them. I can't remember exactly how they were phrased, but um, I was young and I really, I really didn't understand what it was they were talking about, even though the pain of my life up to that point got me there. I, I hadn't had that much experience with really examining my thinking. But what I know at this point, um, after understanding that I've, always used food in a way um, to escape my feelings and my thoughts um, is that these 12 steps are now, I see them like um, on my computer, having the virus protection software there. I, If I do not make sure that that subscription is up to date and, and constantly working and getting getting those, um, not just making sure it's up to date and paying for it, but I've got to make sure that I'm activating all of the updates that the developers are sending to it. <clears throat> and that's how I see working these steps now. Um, the thoughts that I have now are the ones that um, were always the issues. I just did not know what to do with them. Some of them feel way out there crazy and then some of them just feel um, uh, 
really sane and sensible. And my perception cannot handle both of those um, parts of the spectrum at the same time. I just was never able to do it. But now that I apply these steps, just like that virus protection software I keep on my computer, I invite my higher power to come in and help me sift through um, what is going on there. And that also means connecting with fellows recovered and those those who are still um, on the path to recovery because we all have a voice to help each other. And um, I'm really, really grateful that we um, pay attention to these things and um, reinforce it with each other each and every day. And for that, I'm super, super grateful, and I will pass. Bye. Thank, thank you, Dana R. Sue G., you're next. And we have about five minutes for both. This is Sue. Thank you so much for your service, and I'm just thrilled to be on the meeting today. Um, The sentence that uh, stuck out to me is the one that I think has been highlighted many times, the main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than his body. And, you know, I I can read these paragraphs and these chapters many times, and every time something else seems to really stick out to me. And... You know, I wish I would have read that um, a few months ago, uh, but it, even if I had, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have seen it as I see it today. And I had a sponsee that um, every time she had a slip or broke her abstinence, she'd tell me it was because um, that this time uh, she thought it wouldn't be a problem. She could have just a little. And I always saw it as such a lame excuse, but, you know, it was the best she could do. That was, that was you know, centering in her mind. And recently I had to let her go because I felt like I really was not doing her a service. And I talked to her yesterday, and she was telling me she had a new sponsor and that things were going really well. And initially I had a little bit of a, a jolt, and I thought, oh, darn, you know, I, I, you know she, she didn't, doesn't need me anymore. And at the same, you know, just a moment later, I thought, boy, thank, thank you, God, that you gave her someone that can work with her better. And it's freed me up. And, and just, uh, I guess, about a month ago, I fell and I broke my leg and I had surgery two weeks ago. And since that time, I'm home for six weeks. I mean, I will be home and I'm pretty much flat on my back. And because of that, God has given me lots and lots of time to take on new sponsees. And it's been such a gift, just such a gift for me to be able to take sponsees through this book. And I wrote down that I'm going to ask um, sponsees in their daily prayers to, um, to maybe start out writing to God, please surrender this first, my first compulsive bite today, because I think that's something I'm going to add to my prayers. Because, boy, if it centers in the mind, that's certainly something, I mean, I know about the physical and, and as well as the I mean, I know about the compulsive, um, the obsessive bite as well, but um, or the compulsive bite. But you know, if it centers in the mind, that's certainly one thing that I want to keep in mind, and I'd like to pass that on. So, with that, I will pass. And everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, Suji. Hey, Mary H. We have two minutes. I'm glad that you have. Okay. That. Thank you. I'll go for it. I'm Mary H. Recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Got a good contingent of Northern Californians today. I love it. Um, Okay, so quickly, I I just, I see here we went from learning about the allergy, and now we're learning about that mental obsession, the real problem, the main problem that, that I have. And, you know, just have said this so many times, but before I studied the big book, and learned about my real uh, malady and didn't know this stuff, didn't even know that I had an allergy and didn't know that even if I put down the food, which I tried in every diet, I kept trying to put down the food, that there was this other crucial part that needed treatment. And that was why I kept going back. And that hammer analogy is perfect that I know I would tell my husband, 
you know, poor guy. I'm so glad I don't share this stuff with him anymore. He's probably so relieved I'm in OA. I know he is. Because I go, oh, I feel so fat. Why am I so fat? I can't stop eating. And then five minutes later, I'd be like, honey, let's have some ice cream. Let's have, let's go somewhere. Let's go, you know. And they go, what are you talking about? You were just complaining about being fat. I'm all, I know, I know, I know, I know. Never mind. And just that cycle would go over and over again. And that's that hammer. You know, I feel fat. I feel, uh, I feel terrible. I'll just have a little bit more of what makes me fat. Makes no sense at all. And so just glad there's a solution. Glad I'm learning this through the big book and that it makes so much sense. And it's not, I'm not self-sabotaging myself. That was another thing. Why am I, what is that? Self-sabotage. I don't understand that. And it, it's it's not. I have a disease, and I succumb to that disease, that overpowering force, over and over again. If I don't have this specific solution, and without a test. Thank you. Thank you very much. Perfect timing. Appreciate that very much, Mary H. And thank you to everyone that shared here today on a vision for you. This is the time in our meeting that we are closing the recorded portion. So stick with us. We have some more to go. And would Sylvia F. please read our closing on page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Sylvia F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in San Francisco Bay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.